0: Hour 2. The game after work, the game after dark. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, and Travion Berklin. Judge Travion had to make a ruling earlier today. And there was no legal counsel. Troy and I just battled it out like people without lawyers. <laughs> you know? What's, a, what's something somebody would fight over that didn't have lawyers involved but still went to court? Is there anything? Ooh, divorce that didn't have. Well, no, mm. I guess divorce. I think most of them usually have lawyers. Yeah,
1: that's a toughie. Have you ever been
0: to court? Like yes. real court? Oh yeah. I remember as a kid, I don't. Not enough time for the whole story, but it it was a crazy story. But long story short, a friend of mine got hit over the head with a beer bottle, and I was supposed to go, like, testify in court of what I saw because I witnessed the witnessed it happen. Oh boy. And then it never, I never got called up to the stand, but I was like 14 years old. Again, I could get to the, it's a crazy story and I don't have time to get to the whole thing, but that was, that was my experience. Travion? No. Never. Nope.
2: Represented myself in arguing a, uh, a traffic ticket.
0: Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah. Like, you know, small, small, like, you know, a misdemeanor type of court. Yeah. Whatever that's called.
1: I guess I lied. I've been to a, a wedding at a courthouse. If that counts. I mean, it was probably <laughs>
0: officiated by a judge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, see, yeah, a little experience, I guess. The
2: thing is, is I've always got the uh, the freebie for getting out of jury duty.
0: I have never received anything in the, in the mail about serving for jury, jury duty.
2: I have three times.
0: I'll be honest. You've served three times? No, I've gotten
2: notices three okay. times, and I've not served on a jury yet.
1: I think that's something I would like to do. I think it would One be kind of cool, depending on the case, I suppose.
0: As as long as it's not O.J. in that <laughs> situation where they're you know they have no lies for it, 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 forever. being
2: sequestered, yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> I remember watching the uh, the People versus O.J. or whatever it was, yes. like the American yes, crime that, story, yeah, yes. American crime it story. It was really good. Same people that make American Horror Story. And it, it was a really good series. But like at one point, they said like the you know, jury can't have TVs in their hotel rooms. I was yeah. like, that would be brutal.
2: Can you imagine now with social media? Yeah,
1: because you couldn't have your phones probably, right? Yeah. You couldn't have... I wonder what like, they did with the Johnny Depp trial, all the people for I that one. I don't know.
0: One. Yeah. Like they, they were only allowed to like watch TV or like watch a movie together in a common area. Mm-hmm. That's it. That was your fun hmm
1: That would suck.
2: Absolutely.
1: Because I'm sure for the Johnny Depp trial, they would have to do something similar with that, with all the online craziness.
2: Well, all you have to do is look at the most recent Alex Jones trial, uh, the situation there where literally you have him holding press conferences out on the steps before going into session. And the fear was that jurors were seeing this in action. Before going into court for the day,
0: I'll have to ask Curry a similar question here in just a moment. But first, before we get to Curry Sexton, some you know breaking news from earlier today: Dylan Edwards, four-star running back from Derby, who was once committed to K-State for about three, uh, make that five and a half weeks, decommits, goes to Notre Dame. He has now decommitted from Notre Dame. And there's, I, there's more, I guess, on the, on the details.
2: Chad Simmons at On3 had the opportunity to chat with him and filed this quote. I, this is so... This explains the Dylan Edwards situation to a T. He, he, he described this beautifully. I think, just think it comes down to how I'm feeling at the commitment day. End quote. That... I think sums up the Dylan Edwards pursuit right there. I
0: mean, he doesn't have to sign on the 21st. Doesn't have to. If he's not True. ready, he doesn't have to.
2: Can you imagine how much more that game's going to go on? The, the flipping, the flopping that has already been taking place. But
0: isn't doesn't it state in that article who is uh, like who's? The, oh, f- the, technically the finalists. I yeah, guess. Yeah, the two front runners, in
2: his own words, are Colorado and Kansas State. They want me. Was the quote?
0: Is Curry Sexton ready to go? Travion, are we ready to go? Yes. All right. We're now joined by former K State wide receiver Curry Sexton. Curry, what's the longest trial you've been involved in? How long did it take?
3: Uh, the longest one I've been involved in took uh, about eight days.
0: Oh, so that's nothing. Not...
3: No, nothing too crazy.
0: And is it still the case with like I don't know if if yours have been involving juries, but like juries have to be sequestered, or is that has it been nothing that big profile that type of profile?
3: I mean, I, I, was, I was involved with one that involved the Kansas City Chiefs, and even a case of that magnitude where there were reporters and stuff in the courtroom every day. There was, there, I mean, sequestration, no, there wasn't, there wasn't anything like that. I mean, every morning when I would show up to the courthouse or in, and when I'd park in the parking garage across from the courthouse, jurors would be rolling up at the same time. And so these people were allowed to go home in the evenings and, and, and you know, carry on with their lives. They were just pretty much, you know, they were, they were subject to the to to what the court told them they could or couldn't do from from about eight thirty in the morning to five o'clock at night.
0: So, have you ever been involved where and I've seen it in movies a hundred times, where you know a lawyer is trying to walk into the courtroom and there's media outside and there's like microphones and cameras in their face?
3: No, I mean I think it, a lot of that stuff is is. I mean, that, that only happens in those high-profile cases like the ones you guys were just talking about, the, the, the Johnny Depp's, the, the Alex Joneses, the OJ's. The, the, that's not customary in, in our world. Um, again, those are, just, those are just instances where what's put in the, what's, what's put in the news may influence the case. Other than that, there's there's really not a lot of that that goes
0: on. Yeah, basically, what you're saying it only only the high-profile type of cases, like with a big-time celebrity, that would get national television coverage, like CNN, you know, would cover something like that type of thing. Absolutely, yeah. I
3: mean, if you watch the Johnny Johnny Depp trial at all, that was a you know, media coverage played a big role in that case, and because because people don't typically because people don't typically follow along the ins and outs of every single, every single bit of the trial, those, those, po- those pre- or post-trial press conferences are, are very important for the attorneys to sort of spend the day in their, in their client's favor. Um, because whether, whether the jurors are, are instructed not to you know, go, go home and look at the news or read articles or whatever, chances are they probably will. Um, and so there's you know, there, there's a level of influence that is trying to be had in those situations.
0: Well, Curry, I said last week when we hung up that I was hoping to talk to you after a Big 12 championship victory, and we are now doing just that, so I know you weren't able to be there at the game, but I, I love to hear these kind of stories of like, all right, when Ty Zittner is kicking that 31-yarder through the uprights to win it in overtime, where were you, and what was your re- exact reaction to it?
3: Yeah, so I was actually in Zach Trujillo's basement, and and I was there with uh, with, with Zach and Ryan Mueller and and my brother, and and a, and a couple other guys that we played with, and all of our spouses, significant others, and a couple little babies, and and um, yeah, so we're all gathered in Zach Trujillo's basement, and 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 uh, Ryan Mueller was was losing his mind the, the entire the entire second half, especially late in the fourth quarter. And so I'm sitting right behind Ryan Mueller. I'm holding my seven-month-old. Um, she's, she's into it. She's actually She was actually loving all the, the drama and excitement, the people in the room going crazy. And, you know, at that point you're thinking, okay, the biggest concern is got to get the snap, got to get the hold. Those have to be right. If they're right, Zentner is making his kick. Tysonder nails it as as you as you expected, and and then Ryan Mueller lost his mind. There was I think he actually shared a video on Instagram that my brother took of him, um, just absolutely hilarious. I mean, jumping up and down and screaming like a you know screaming like a schoolgirl. It was it was, <laughs> it was great.
0: So you tell me, former players are just like normal fans. Uh, my dad reminds me of I, I've heard it from many people, but my dad is you know he's like you know when. If it's nothing better than a four-yard carry, he's not happy with it. It's got to be better, and it's got to be changed right away. But like, even when things are bad or good, former players are just reacting just like everybody else.
3: Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I guess I don't know. Maybe um, <laughs> I, I don't. I, everybody's different. I mean, you know, Ryan Mueller is—he just intensely watches. Basically, if, if the defense is on the field, all he focuses on is the defensive end. That's all he cares about. Um, I think I, I maybe. You know, I, I maybe look at it, I, I maybe take the game in, you know, a, a little bit more. Um, I, I guess I don't react so much, understanding that those that, those, that play in and play out, the game isn't going to be necessarily changed dramatically um, in most cases. And so I guess I am maybe a little bit more reserved from start to finish, although the late stages of that game, every play was, was super intense. So I guess it would vary from person to person, but Ryan Mueller is one who, who gets super high and super low. <laughs> um pretty pretty regularly.
0: So you tell me Ryan Mueller lost it in a good way when Felix <laughs> smothered Max Duggan.
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He you know, he he he, he already knew that that, that 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 sack had tied his his all, his Felix now has as many career sacks as Ryan and the minute he sacked him he, he spouted that stat off. I mean this guy is more in tune with K State sack statistics in the history than than one should be. It's pretty it's pretty crazy.
0: That's that's awesome to hear. So I, I'd like to get your reaction of – I think they did show it on TV where Malik Knowles is crying on the sideline, and that comes after his his 40-yard run on that jet sweep. It was an amazing play to get K-State in position to score their second touchdown of the game. But, I mean, were you like me where I see him go down and I see Echo, Boy down, Echo Boydo go down and you're like, are we seeing de- deja vu over a game with uh, TCU and – Now we're starting to drop like flies again and it's, you know, pressure's on?
3: A little, a little bit. Honestly, I didn't have the same, uh, the huge, you know, he's a huge piece in our offense, but I didn't think that him going down was going to necessarily change things in in a big way. When Echo went down, I was a little bit more concerned, but having seen Jacob Parrish out there in big situations, I thought, okay, we, you know, we can maneuver around this. Um, obviously, when you start seeing guys like Keenan Garber getting thrown out there, you're thinking, man, what the heck is going on? But I, you know, I, I did have a, a, a confidence that, that entire game. I just thought we, we felt like we were the better team and it felt like we were going to win that game. And so obviously you hate to see Malik and Echo go down because they've been such tremendous players for us. But our, this team has developed a, a, a next next man up mentality and has really employed that throughout the season. So it was awesome to see some of those guys step up and 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 capitalize on opportunities.
0: Yeah, one of the guys that stepped up was R.J. Garcia. He scored his first touchdown in his career. It was the sixth catch of his career in the championship game. I'd like to know like, from your perspective, because I, I remember when you scored your first touchdown against Miami, it was a big game, not Big 12 championship big, but a, a marquee opponent was coming into Bill Snyder Family Stadium. When you get that first touchdown as a wide receiver, what, what did that do for your confidence moving forward?
3: You know, that's a great question. It's it's it, it's a remarkable feeling, and I can only imagine how RJ, you know, how RJ felt after he made that play because this is a guy who's, you know, he's been on the team for a couple of years. He's received some praise from the coaches but largely hasn't, you know, ha- hasn't made an impact. And then to make an impact in that way where he made a really, you know, a pretty acrobatic contested catch is just crazy. I mean, you know, it just came out of absolute nowhere. Um, I'm sure that that, 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 the pandemonium just set in in his mind. Um, But it's for confidence, yeah, that's that's everything. It it shows that not only are you you ready to make plays on that stage, but also that your coaches and your quarterback ultimately have a trust in you. To throw you a ball that was in a pretty tight window and that, at that stage just says that Will Howard has an immense amount of trust in R.J. Garcia, and I think that that is going to be huge for his development going forward. I think you'll probably see him, you know, depending on Malik's availability, I think you'll, you'll see R.J. have a bigger role in the bowl game, and I think he's going to potentially be one of our key weapons in the receiver position next year, so huge for him and huge for the team in that in, in at that stage in the game.
0: Speaking with former K-State wide receiver Curry Sexton. So now looking forward we're 22 days away from the Sugar Bowl which is just I think it's just awesome in general that the Cats get to play in the Sugar Bowl. I love New Orleans, Louisiana. And the opponent is Alabama, first time ever against the Crimson Tide. Nick Saban is the head coach. I mean of course, we're expecting things to change over the next three weeks with certainly with Alabama, right? With some opt outs. They have two guys that are projected to go top five in the NFL draft. We also wait for, you know, a couple of guys for K State to maybe make some decisions on leaving early potentially. But what's your what, what does your gut say about this matchup right now? I know I know it's early in this process, but playing Alabama and just having this opportunity, what does your gut say about it?
3: I'm excited. I think it's huge for our brand. I think we're 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 growing that brand and, and, and K State is a team that's you know, been given a lot been given a lot of love over the last several weeks from, from the you know, from the national media. And I think people are really starting to appreciate the Chris Klein, Colin Klein, Joel Klanderman brand. And so this is just another opportunity. I mean, to to play Alabama on New Year's Eve in a New Year's sixth bowl. That stage is just not something that we're really accustomed to, and regardless of who's on the field for Alabama or who's 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 between the white lines that day, it's still a massive opportunity. And 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 if, you know, again, regardless of whether Bryce Young or Will Anderson or Jameer Gibbs or a, a slew of other people play, that's still going to be a really really good Alabama football team. That's going to still be coached by Nick Saban, and they're still going to be motivated. And so I think you, you know there's going to be a lot of discussion about who's playing and who's not playing. But th- at the end of the day, this is a huge opportunity for K State, and, and I think that this team is 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 ready for it. And I think that this team will show up and 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 put on a good performance.
0: Was well, anybody at your watch party, or Zach Trahilo's watch party, talking in and going to New Orleans?
3: Yeah, I, there's a couple a couple people who were there are going, um, and I, I'm I'm. Uh, my, my, i'm
0: negotiating
3: right now with my wife we're <laughs> having some we're having some discussions uh, about what that may or may not look like because she is she's i think she's out so i'm going to be if i'm going to be going i'm going to be going down there and probably probably crashing uh, crashing on somebody's floor um at this stage so yeah i'm i, I like you i love new orleans louisiana it is, it is an unbelievable city. And the thought of spending New Year's Eve down there with a bunch of Case staters is uh, is pretty intriguing to me. So I, I I hope I'm down there with you guys in a few weeks.
0: Well, we plan on doing a couple of shows live from from New Orleans Bourbon Street, maybe. So if you, if you do come down there, I hope to have you on air live from yeah. from uh, when we talk uh, next uh, the Thursday before the bowl game. So let me know well, if you end great. up going down there.
3: I will certainly let you know. I hope I hope to be able to join you.
0: All right, Curry, greatly appreciate your time once again. And, uh, yeah, hope to talk to you in a couple of weeks.
3: Absolutely, guys. Take care and have a have, happy holiday.
0: You too, sir. That is Curry Sexton, former K-State wide receiver here on the game. Well, I think it's time for Troy and I to jump back into the squad car and do a little stakeout down there in Tuscaloosa. The Sugar Bowl opt-out stakeout coming up next. Phone number is 537-1350. Welcome back to the game. I am loving these K State offensive line hats.
2: Those are great.
0: I don't know if they got them made or what the what the story is here, but they uh, they tweeted out a picture of them all together. They have shirts on, uh, but they're all wearing hats that are gray with uh, the, I don't know if they're like trucker hats or whatever, but gray front, white back, and it says Kansas State and the Power Cat Beef. In bold, purple, and then underneath it, offensive line. I'm not a hat guy, but I kind of want one.
2: I love the attitude.
0: I think the offensive line would throw the best parties. <laughs> <laughs> they're, the, they're the party animals. They're the fun group of this K-State football team. I, I, I mean, if you weren't convinced... 4 weeks ago of that.
2: I mean, come on. Connor Riley has his own micro brew down at at Manhattan Brewing.
0: He does. Drum Tang also has his own True. brew down there as well. Shout out to MB, the other MBC here in uh in MHK. Uh I think second on that list of who would throw the best parties. Rain and Platner. <laughs> Rain and Platner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know anything long, about the other long snappers. Yeah, but,
2: long snappers are long snappers. That's well, actually, not a bad...
0: Just, here, I, I'll give you this. Brandon platner comma, Jack Bloomer, comma, Ty Zittner. That trio. There you go. They would also throw a pretty good party. In third place, I'm going to go with Felix Andy DK Uzama. Him along with... Uh, Let's see. I'm trying to remember all the fun personalities we've met this season and in past seasons. So I would go Felix along with like Jalen Pickle. Jalen Pickle's got a great personality. I think those two would throw a really good party. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my power ranking for best party throwers. Offensive line, special teams, long snapper, holder, kicker, and then your defensive ends. You agree? Anybody else you throw out there? No, I
2: think that that's probably a pretty good group.
0: All right, we'll move on. So we continue to watch outside of Tuscaloosa, out about Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Easy for these, you to say. Who these uh, potential opt-outs will be? As we bring to you once again the Sugar Bowl opt-out stakeout, and you know me, I can't stake out anybody without my 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 music here. I'm trying to find some good tunes here. You know, here in Tuscaloosa, you know, out in the middle of the boondocks. I'm trying to get something here. Oh, okay. A little survivor. All right. We'll go with this. We actually had a. Uh, I think what is a potential witness come up to our radar just recently, and that is actually. K State's own athletic director Gene Taylor. He spoke at this. Uh, he spoke on this panel for the future of college football. Where to next?
2: They were in Vegas, weren't they?
0: I'm not sure where they were, but there's athletic directors from Alabama. who yep. happened to be there. Yep. Appalachian State was there as well. I think somebody from Arizona State was there as well. And dropped this line. Gene Taylor said, "Quote: We win a Big 12 championship." And our reward is dot, 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 playing a blanked off Alabama and Nick Saban. So I think we need to bring Gene Taylor in for questioning. What does he know?
2: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> does he know
0: something we don't know, potentially with the opt-out situation? Did Nick, T- Nick Saban say something? I don't know. Well, the last we know from Nick Saban is that he said on Sunday, he's like, I I Haven't talked to my boys yet. I don't know. I can't tell you anything. Well, where we currently stand with this opt-out stakeout is we're still waiting on six potential guys. Quarterback Bryce Young, defensive end Will Anderson, also kind of linebacker-ish, whatever you want to put him. Uh, Safety Jordan Battle, safety Brian Branch, corner Malachi Moore, and then running back Jameer Gibbs, first and second round guys. Now, we had another potential – Witness coming to our radar, and that's a former running back for the Alabama Crimson Tide, in Bo Scarborough. So he made a comment to a, uh, a media outlet there in Tuscaloosa, and he said, "Quote: Coach Saban is going to deliver the message on how it can help them, because Scarborough says that he feels like nobody, nobody is going to be opting out." He said the players should not opt out of the ball matchup against Kansas State. I see no one opting out. I see all of, of those guys playing hard for the University of Alabama, as they should. The university allowed them to have a scholarship and a chance to come and play football. It would be a respectful thing towards the university for them to play, but it would be a selfish thing for them not to play. I understand people could get hurt, but where you get drafted is where you get drafted. There's a lot to unpack there. First of all, I think the first half of his message, I think echoes what a lot of people feel. Mm-hmm. That is, you committed your time to K-State, you've you you know, you, you've been playing for so long, yes, you have done a great job of playing so well that you're going to get a chance to play at the next level. And I think a lot of people feel like you opt out of the bowl game. You're turning your back on your teammates, the team, the coaches. And I'm like, that's a very old school take on it, I guess. Obviously, the game has changed in that direction where, you know, the game that this... Some see it not as meaningful as it would be for a college football playoff, obviously. Yes, the Sugar Bowl for most is still a big deal, especially for fan bases, but... You know, players that are projected to go top five in the draft, do you risk that injury and falling down the draft order? And the projected draft, you know, the mock draft. So here's how I see it. And he said, his last sentence is what got to me the most. He said, but where you get drafted is where you get drafted. I bring up the money. For somebody like Bryce Young and Will Anderson... That could be signing a rookie deal here in, in a few months that could be worth 30 million dollars. Maybe even more. I mean, there is a chance of them getting hurt and then you know, does that injury issue make them fall down the draft order a little bit? For them maybe not. But for everybody else, the other four players I mentioned, it could hurt them. Because they're not projected to go top 10 in the draft. Right. You're talking about a much different a much bigger difference in the money they can make in their rookie deal I mean heck this last draft you saw you know first overall got like 35 million dollars and then second overall or I'm um, 10th uh, overall like you drop to the to the you know 10th and they're talking like 15 to 20 million dollars I mean that is a pretty big difference and then even further down the line now you're talking in late in the first round 10 to 15 million dollars I for us, normal Joes, like, you would take $10 million instantly. But the difference between getting drafted in the first round compared to if you get hurt dropping later in the rounds, dropping a day two, it's a big difference.
2: The sad part is is it's the reality of college football and the pro game. But the sad reality is, it, is that that's where we are with college football. There's not an easy way around that. Everybody's going to have a different answer. Everybody's going to have a different view of, of how they want to approach that. Deuce Vaughn has the approach that he wants to play in the game, that he's committed to this team, his teammates. Hey,
0: you got any more peanuts over there?
2: Uh, no, sorry. Dang it.
0: All right, continue. I
2: was really, really hungry. It's been a long day already. It's been a long day. Um,
0: We've been out here 72 hours. Yeah,
2: exactly. And smell like it.
0: Um really again,
2: you know it every every guy is cut different. We know this. Everybody's going to have their different mindset and for some the realities of what their life has been.
0: Hold on, this is my favorite part. Okay, continue, sorry. Uh you know, guys'
2: lives have are different just even where they came from. For some of those guys, the NFL isn't just life-changing, it's multiple life-changing. Family life-changing. You know, you think about Warwick Dunn and what he's done over the years in building houses for, and buying houses for women like his mother. Because he has the money to do that now and you know where he came from to be in that frame of mind that that's what he does with his money from his career that's i think the part of this that makes it tough there is no binary answer to this there is no yes no green light red light to this that you can say is good or bad
0: no, a lot, a lot of guys don't want to risk it anymore. Right. in Bowl games now. Like I said, Will Anderson and and Bryce Young. Bryce Young, former Heisman Trophy winner. He's the last winner. He'll be former here in just a minute. But, and he's already
2: gone through an injury
0: this year. Yeah. And you know, Will Anderson is an absolute beast. Those are the two I wouldn't worry about. Um, you know, I, I mean, as a top five pick, you don't want your top five guy. You know, at the as the draft gets there, already sitting out a year because right. of an issue, but. You know, that's, you know, you think anything can happen in 60 minutes of football, especially in such a big game, and K State's going to be going all out. Exactly. But as we still stand right now, 11 players for Alabama in the transfer portal. K State has four. Those four are uh, Jaron Lewis, a quarterback, tight end, Connor Fox, defensive back, TJ Smith, and linebacker, Crew Jackson. Two starters in the 11 for Alabama are into the portal, including uh, Treshawn Holden, who had 331 yards receiving and six touchdowns. JoJo Early also has had a couple of starts, I do believe, but he was uh, named freshman All-SEC as a kick returner and punt returner, and then an offensive lineman, Javion Cohen, was a starter. He is also in the transfer portal. All right, we're going to keep our squad car out there in front of the facilities in Tuscaloosa, and don't get me wrong, there's still a, a car outside of Veneer. Potentially some opt-outs for early entry into the NFL draft for a handful of guys as well. Number one song of the day is up next. This one going out to Max Duggan, who's in New York City for the first time.
1: Such a feeling's coming over me. I saw a video of Max Duggan in New York
0: City, next to Madison Square Garden. I'm like, dude, you're you're uh, hey, you're uh, you're two blocks away from Empire State Building. It's a good little mm-hmm. touristy area. Stay away from Times Square. Overrated. Tourist trap. Anyway, from 1973, "Top of the World" by one of Troy's favorite groups, The Carpenters. Bum bum, bum. Two weeks at number one. Oh. Oh, turn it up there, Travion. Let's hear it. Featuring one of the Karens, one of the few Karens people actually like. <laughs> God. Took a minute there. Yeah. Yeah. And Ooh, the Vocal and instrumental duo, In Karen and Richard. And From Downey, California, they sold the over 100 million records worldwide, making them one of the best-selling music artists of all time. In 74, the Carpenters were voted favorite pop rock band duo or group at the first ever American Music Awards. Rolling Stone ranked the Carpenters number 10 on the list of the 20 greatest duos of all time. being famous and just continually touring was not easy on the carpenters no. that is where the story gets sad I mean, Richard took a year off he became like addicted to quaaludes Karen had an issue with anorexia unfortunately that ended up taking her life in 83 she died of heart failure because of complications with anorexia but man was she talented my god Fourteen studio albums, twenty-one top forty hits, two of three number ones, second of three number ones, I should say.
2: An amazing voice, and oh. on top of it, yeah, go ahead. The drummer.
0: Oh my God, her drumming was incredible, and she did it jazz style. Yes. And she would speed around that drum kit like she was in speed metal.
1: Mm-hmm. Such a feeling's
0: just I day. I remember I did a top ten list once of my top 10 drummers and she because of uh, Taylor Hawkins passing away and she was on my top Mm 10 just was not showcased enough in my opinion when it came to The Carpenters at least from what I've seen from what I know about it but it's from the fourth studio album called A Song For You. It's a joyful song, clearly, uh, where Karen Carpenter is, quote, on top of the ward, looking down on creation. Why is she flying high? Because she is crazy in love. Simple love song for you. So this was not intended to be a single, was not. They, they weren't even thinking about it until a lady by the name of Lynn Anderson came along. If you know your country music history, she is a country singer that became, I, I don't know how big she was, but her name became known in the early 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that song called she had? Rose Rose something. Oh man, I'm blanking now. Rose Garden. Ro- I think, yeah, there you go. Uh, anyway, so Lynn Anderson ended up releasing this first as a single. And she got up to, uh, she got up there pretty high on the charts. Mm-hmm. So the carpenters were like, "Well, of forcing our hand here. I guess we should do this thing." And they did, and well, guess what? Went to number one in the United States for the second time. Now this song started to make a comeback in '95, but it was overseas in Japan. It started, it started to become a hit in Japan. And Richard caught wind of this as like, "Oh, whoa! Look at this. We're, uh, our name's getting out there again." Is because in Japan. There was a so- or there was a show that made its debut in 1995 with translation it was called Underage. Well, that's when it started to become popular because Underage used this as the theme song. Well, unfortunately the show only lasted 11 episodes and unfortunately that uh, notoriety comeback didn't exactly come to fruition.
2: Interesting that they passed along the song to Lynn Anderson and then wanted to take it back. Because there's also the story of someone who we even talked about yesterday briefly having sung a song, kind of put it away in a desk, relayed the story, by the way, this past fall here on campus. Herb Albert passed along close to you to the Carpenters. Oh. He actually had recorded it first.
0: Herb is getting a lot of shout-outs this week on the show.
2: It just is one of those interesting little side tidbits. And amazing how music can change between artist and artist
0: now i'm not
1: gonna lie when i hear this song it reminds me of a movie it reminds me of a tv show which one i think of the first season of friends when it's the episode when they don't have any power and like ross gets attacked by a cat and everyone's in the um everyone's in the living room singing this song while he's being attacked by the cat
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right i'm not a friends fan but that's a good plot that that's solid y'all so I'm gonna I'm gonna be made fun of this for this, but uh, it's the Tokyo Drift Fast and the Furious movie. So I watched it in the theaters, and I remember hearing this song. I was like, "This is catchy." Because mm-hmm. I saw it when I was a teenager when that movie came out. It's been a, it's been in a bunch of shows and in, in movies, but I remember from Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Un- oh I think it's an underrated movie in the series. I really do. All right, Travion, I suppose you can get us out when we need to get out. If you're ready to bring us some Ask Us Anything. Carpenter's out.
1: There it is. All right. Would you rather time travel to the past or the future?
0: That is a classic question. I would rather go to the future. Why? Nah, check that. I'm going to change my mind. Past. There's too many things I would rather just go experience myself. The I, future is very intriguing. Yeah. But the past is also intriguing for somebody that didn't live in the 80s or 70s or 60s. I,
2: I'm too much of a history buff. I would love to go to the past to just to to just be a part of things well, like how many, that.
0: How many times have I said if I could time travel and go back, I would want to go to Woodstock? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's at the top
1: of yeah, my list. Mine's completely musical reasons. Ever, all my heroes are too old or dead, and I want to see them in their prime. It's
2: a, actually a pretty good reason right there Ex- as well.
0: Example of that, Frankie Valley, I think it'd be
1: cool to see him in person perform. He was in Kansas City like in February, I think.
0: The thing is, though, like he, he's in his upper 80s. He's still mm-hmm. getting out there with the four seasons. It's just four young guys, really, and him but he doesn't no, sing his, anymore. No,
2: his voice, there's no way yeah. that his voice is going to do what he's done with it over the years. It's the same, uh, as much as I love Billy Joel, doing the longest time, he's not singing the high part that he sang back in the 80s when that was first released.
0: Travion, are you going to the past? Is that what you said? Yep,
1: yep, I'm going to the past. What concert, to... what he... concert would, you, would you want to go to? Okay, this is very specific, but I know it for a fact. So the first date of the Jackson's Victory Tour in 1984 was at Arrowhead, <laughs> Arrowhead stadium, yeah. stadium in 1984. I would go to that show just because it's the first one. Thriller just came out.
2: God, I remember how crazy everybody was for really? that show.
1: Oh, I did, envy that. Troy, did you ever see Mike Jack live?
0: No, I did not.
1: He only like after Thriller came out, there was that tour, and then there was the Bad tour. He went, he opened in Kemper Arena um, at the wow. start of the Bad tour in '88, mm-hmm. and that was the only times like solo he was in Kansas. Man, how about how about Michael Jackson opening up
0: tours in Kansas City? Yeah, it's yeah.
1: A, it's weird. I don't know why, but both those tours started in Kansas.
0: He's probably thinking if anything, if there's any hiccups, these hicks won't know.
1: <laughs> I would
0: have
2: liked to have seen shows at either Fillmore East and Fillmore West. Okay. in the heydays of the 60s and 70s.
0: I've been lucky to see shows in a lot of famous
1: venues... I think Woodstock still would be at the top of my list. Beatles at Shea Stadium would be a good one uh, as well. Yeah, I, actually,
2: that would be actually, tremendous. You know, how about Beatles at at, Memor- or at uh, yeah, Memorial in Kansas City? If it was, municipal anything, in Kansas if it was City.
0: anything Beatles, I'd want to go to the Ed Sullivan Show Yeah, right. for the debut. Other than that, like their set list, even though they were gigantic when they showed up, their set list was like 45 minutes to an hour. Because That's,
2: all the songs were two and a half, two, two and a half but, minutes, yeah. And you couldn't hear half of it. But
0: even when they were at Shea Stadium, it was it was eight songs right yeah right. it wasn't that great of a set list
2: no because well again who's here away it? with that
0: but then that they game. had they had a lot of bangers oh, by yeah. that time
2: yeah um but they played at municipal and that would have been a good one to see too i've been to just from the localized aspect of it
0: i saw letterman at ed solven yes got to do that one time oh, nice been to the ryman saw the grand Ole opry been to madison <laughs> square garden
1: I mm. want to go to the garden for something. I don't know what. Oh,
0: well, I I, I, I
2: want to go to the garden for a college basketball game.
1: This uh, last uh,
0: this last baseball season, I got to check, I got to check one off my list, and that was the Whiskey Go Go in Los Angeles. Yes, got to see a show there. It was just an '80s cover band, but it was amazing.
1: What's next? Um. Who on oh who is on their phone the most? That's my next question. Of us? Uh, of everybody. It's believe it or not, it's the oldest one in the room, <laughs> Troy.
2: It's the guy who was a news director in his previous job.
0: I mean, I can't tell you when I'm doing when I'm talking, he is scrolling on his phone for the latest information.
1: He's a breaking news guy. Always wanting to learn. Always need a breaking news guy though, especially for a show like this. Um yeah, can is, we squeeze in one more? Yeah, we could squeeze in one more. Okay. What is your most prized possession that you own? Ooh, that is a good question.
2: It's probably going to be seen as a cheesy answer, but, you know, it's what's on my finger.
0: Man, that is cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> cheesy yeah that's a good word good word to describe that
2: uh you know it was worth a shot
0: i have some signed bret hart glasses that he wore once upon a time and i i'm bret hart's my favorite wrestler of all time to have signed glasses that he wore once upon a time that that i think that's awesome to have as a
1: wrestling fan um those are rare so i think i'd have to go with that okay okay i don't really know because i I mean, my CD collection is something I uphold. Oh um, <laughs> yeah, my guitar. Um, you guys have an original Pro. Footloose album on CD. I do not. Oh, I do not. Have that... the original Grease soundtrack though, because it's better.
0: You know, I do have a a twenty four <laughs> in my office. I have a twenty fourteen World Series baseball signed by none other than future Hall of Famer Ned Yost.
2: Wonder for how long you'll have that baseball. Oh, anyway.
0: We know Troy's the biggest Ned Yost fan.
2: <laughs> uh, maybe not necessarily the biggest Ned fan.
0: By the way, how about those... Uh, I saw a few rumors about Salvi.
2: Yeah, I know.
0: Potentially being traded.
2: Who knows what's going on? Because there's nothing right now on the free agent market.
0: That'll upset people of all ages. All right. right, All right, so here's the situation. We're all out tomorrow. Best of plus Manhattan high hoops at Dodd City. We'll talk to you later. Go Cats.